It's time for another edition of Make Us a Mixtape. My name is Paul Farvar. I'm Marty DeRosa. We are going to continue our volume one of covers on this episode because it's such a hard topic. We talked a lot. Yeah, we, we got into it. We really spent a lot of time on some of the songs. And, if, I, and I spent a lot of time talking about being a lawyer. If you, there will be no... 40 under 40 talk on this. <laughs> if you didn't listen to the first episode, go check it out and yes. come on in here. Otherwise you'll be confused. Otherwise uh, you're going to be confused. And we thought as a, a, a goodwill effort to you, the tape heads out there, uh, we're going to do an honorable mention. Yeah. We'll do honorable mentions here on this episode. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and then give us your list as well. Yes. Right? Let us know some uh, hidden gem cover songs Covers that, that we missing. missed. Or and I we... want to know when you listen to it. I don't want to just oh, yeah, listen to this. I want to know when you listen to this. I want to hear. Are you in the in 99? Oh. I had a burnt CD. This was song number Tell three. Tell us the stories. Yeah. yeah. Or I Give went to Borders stories. and stole the CD. I want I want background. We have uh, a lot of viewer mail that we haven't got into. We, we did an episode where we talked about some of the lists. If you have lists or you have songs that you want to talk about or or something that we need to correct because I know Marty made a couple errors in the past. I'm Paul. The tapeheads want to know: Will a woman make your list ever? Oh, <laughs> I love calling you true. out on that. I think it's funny know, because kidding. everyone that knows me knows that ninety percent of the music I listen to are female singer songwriters. You always tell me, "Oh, have you listened to this female singer's yeah. version of that?" Or yeah, very, album? very. I've turned you on to a lot of female artists. You're like, eh, it's not the same as a man. I get it. You're from <laughs> you Indiana. Fucker. Well, that's funny because we're talking about honorable mentions and the honorable mention that I talked about in the first episode that didn't make the cut only because of a technicality is a cover by one of the greatest female singer songwriters of all time being covered by one of the my favorite singer songwriters, uh, singer songwriters of current time, Bon Iver covering Bonnie Raitt's I Can't Make You Love Me. We call this guy Bon Iver in Indiana. <laughs> Technically, it's called I Can't Make You Love Me slash Nick of Time, which is another Bonnie Raitt song just because he says it the last part of the line. Man, we had uh, Have a Heart, I think Rena, Rena Calm had her. I believe so. A Bonnie Raitt song, but no one has I Can't Make You Love Me, which to this day is one of my favorite songs of all time. And this cover is one of my favorite covers of all time. I know you're not a big fan of Bon Iver. I don't know why. I'm already depressed. Turn down the light. Turn down the Watching this video on YouTube like just brings back so many memories of just... This is such a great song. Do you not... You don't agree, Marty? Come on. Right, have you heard this version? No, I've never heard this version. I like Bonnie Raitt. Um, I don't know. It's just a very uh, XM, serious XM coffee house. Which 100%. you love. Which you love. I you could, love. If hey, I you know what? Why don't you get you a subscription to uh, a... <laughs> you can let's do it in the house. It's free right now, you know. What? They're giving it free to people. What? There's all kinds of free every stuff morning? now. Yeah, but then you have to do... Uh, you'll get hooked. Let him. I'll cancel it the day before. I I, I loved about ten years ago. Bon Iver was very big, and uh, I was on everything he did. I was yeah. a big fan of everything he did. That first album that came out, um, listened to it nonstop. Learned all the songs on play guitar. I couldn't sing that falsetto, obviously, but I think he's super talented. And I remember people went apeshit when he won Best New Artist, the Grammys, but. I thought he does. Is that still it. the kiss of death? Best new artist. <sighs> I mean, Asher Boys, the Counting Crows, they won. <laughs> I don't know. That used to be the kiss of death back yeah. in the day because it would no, be like no, really big anymore. bands, and then. But I, if you watch this video on YouTube, Bon Iver, uh, it's an honorable mention. Um, only it didn't make the first cut because I couldn't find it on iTunes. But I know that it's out there because I someone, my friend Steve Lombardi, has downloaded it for me because you know, he knew I liked it. It's probably on that fucking Spotify that kids have been talking about a lot. 
Well, they're not our sponsors, so we can't yeah. we can't do it. I had so. to I had to shoot over to Spotify to listen to some podcasts the other day. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Klosterman does a podcast for the ringer called Music Matters. It's okay. I don't think okay. it's as good as this one, but uh it's good, you know? It's fun. People said they were having problems finding us on Spotify. I don't know why that is. Well, let's get that shit to taken we'll care, care of. Taken care of. Okay, so what uh do you don't like Bonnie Bonnie Iver because yeah. you're just not into it's the just fine. Thing? It's just fine. It's just like Yeah, and you don't like Bonnie Raitt because she's a woman. No, I, I, get I like Bonnie Raitt. Because she's Bonnie Raitt. Uh, no, it's just, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. Uh, I went with, uh, for my almost made it, uh, a, uh, a cover song of a Guy Clark song from 1975 called L.A. Freeway. Uh, this is Jerry Jeff Walker, who's like, I don't know, he's kind of like a little bit of a silly goose, which I like. Um, but this song is just a straight up cover. They're very similar, um, but it's uh, L.A. Freeway. It's about leaving L.A., which is a song I can get on board with. <laughs> Because you can relate to it. I wish I knew of this song when I was leaving L.A. I would have uh, listened to it on the plane as I was leaving. It would have been... You didn't uh, drive back. Oh, that's nah, right. No, my car was car, yeah. uh, totaled uh, because people decided to just destroy my car for no reason. Oh, this is good. Make note of all good wishes. Say goodbye to the landlord for me. Some bitches always bored me. Throw out those LA papers. Holding boxes and vanilla wafers. I feel like this madness, when this kicks in, it's, it's a beaut. Here we go, Paul. But this is not the original version? No. Okay. It sounds like the I know Gary Clark version, and then there's a version that you and I listened to before that you got me into too. Yeah, there's they all sound so they similar. All sound it's crazy. Yeah. It's like a rite of passage in the country yeah. world. I mean, songs about leaving, great, always. Songs about like, you know, I played uh, uh, during the the break recording episode one and two of this. I played you. Uh, Mike Ness's Don't Think Twice It's Alright which is a cover of Bob Dylan which is just like which, but in the Bob Dylan song he talks about hearing another. he puts over another guy he's like I got this song from so and so played it on the campus of Harvard yeah. University and then they go into it which I like I like songs too where it's just like I don't know who whose song it is It's it's been covered by so many people yeah. which this song to me is one of those where it's like from everything I've heard Guy Clark's the guy who wrote it first so you can just go by it's that. It's a great song. And I, it's and great. I've only heard, heard it through you, or maybe it was when I did that. Uh, yeah. Day and there's the another bar. version. If you do LA Freeway song on YouTube, there's another version of, uh, I forgot who, another dude singing it on some like 70s ass oh. talk show, like midday talk show. It's Not great. the new version that. No. Okay. So there's a whole bunch of different versions of it, and uh, they're all great. Well. But that's these are just our honorable mentions, songs that almost made it. But uh, but not quite. So we are going back into the list here. We have got songs four and five for everybody listening, all the tape heads. Uh, yeah. And uh, Paul, when you're ready. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, speaking of, of junkies, cowboy junkies. I don't know where I was going with that. You should have asked if, yeah, if like, did Jerry, did Jerry Jeff have a drug problem or anything <laughs> like that? Like, I wouldn't call the guy a junkie and then kick it. Here's the thing. I usually don't drink for these podcasts. Yeah. You convinced yeah, me yeah, yeah. we're in a quarantine and life's too short. But what is this drink that we're having that you made? It's called the Corona cocktail. I don't know. It's okay. a, it's kind of like a vodka lemonade, but just a special different types of lemonade. Yeah, it's great. Pretty much. It's like a poor man's white claw or rich man's white claw. Cause it's good alcohol. No, this is like, it's not uh seltzer. And yeah. There's no carbonated. Hard, there's no malt liquor in it. Um, it doesn't have that delicious multi taste. Um, this song it's, it, I love I love uh, Sweet Jane, the Velvet Underground version, but this song kind of, I like, this is the version that I feel like, we've talked about this before, where when someone takes a cover and they make it their own, like, this is that. Like, this this was their cover. Yeah. It was one of those where it's like, oh, shit. Okay. Well. Told, they take, they right. made it their own. Sweet Jane, Cowboy Junkies. Being on that Natural Born Killer soundtrack didn't hurt yes. either. Anyone has ever heard? 
heavy rotations in the 90s, too. Do you remember the two different versions of this? No. So there would be two different versions of the song they would play on the radio. One version was just this, and the other version had uh, lines from Natural Born Killers in it. Where Mickey oh. and Mallory would be talking, and she'd you be like, I'll look up at that. the stars, and all I think about is you. Yeah. So it's funny because they were considered like their Canadian band, alt country, but like they never really, they didn't take off. They were talking about the kiss of death. They were like in that bin of like VH1 future or whatever, but nothing really happened to them. She, uh, her stage presence off the charts. There's a, there's a concert from, I don't, I, I don't know where it's at. And it's like a fundraiser. Blues Traveler played there. They played there. Uh, there's there's some uh, like special needs kids that are behind them on stage. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty wild because uh, Blues Traveler just destroys. And he's playing the harmonica. John Popper's playing the harmonica. This is kids. pre-surgery John Popper. Yes, yes. And there, him sitting on a stool. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to get up and do a little, a little harmonica solo. And then he gets up. When he gets up, they would start cheering. <laughs> yeah. And he was playing harmonica for these kids. And then when they sing, she like she's like tiny beautiful yeah and, and and has this haunting voice and doesn't really move a lot just like it's really cool yeah cowboy junkies were they were going to be this great artist uh this huge band is it margo Timmons? yeah they're kind of like a should have been right yeah they were yeah. all siblings i didn't know that they were from toronto ontario canada yeah. um michael timmons peter timmons margo timmons three timmons since their sim- siblings and the one other dude no, interesting. Yeah, they uh, they never did, it, but love the song, love the band um, so much. I mean, I wish I wish they did better things, but like I remember when we used to cover their version of Sweet Jane in in I think it was Karma Teaser, She Shine Boy, and uh, I always kind of envisioned that I would be that kind of band. Like I was like, okay, this is what I want. I want to have a a big hit. I want to have a big hit, be a cover, perhaps our version of something. And then we can sell our originals. But, you know, it didn't happen right away. Hey, what can you do? What can you do? My uh, my of, next song. It's kind of bizarre. My next song. Speaking of bizarre. You ever heard of a bizarre love triangle? Hell yeah. Uh, this is Frente with an exclamation point uh, with bizarre love triangle covering the wonderful band uh, New Order. You know, uh, do you know Michael Sanchez? Uh, I know the name. Yeah. So Michael, he's a comedian and musician and stuff, but one of his old jokes that I thought was so cool and so fun and so clever was, um, he used to say, uh, Oh fuck. I'm blanking. Who's the band that came before new order? Uh, joy division. He's like, I used to be in a joy division cover band, but our lead singer killed himself. So now I'm in a new order cover band. (laughs) I thought that was the greatest fucking joke. I still, to this day, I'm like, that's a great fucking monster joke. Uh, but anyway, this is their cover of bizarre love triangle. Frenzy. Yes. This was. I'll just let it play. Paul's back in the coffee house. Also, everyone was in love with this lead singer. She had a few other hits too, right? Dude, I They had a couple. They weren't a one hit wonder. And I believe this was on a soundtrack. I don't know if it. I think the Threesome movie played the original and this version. Remember that movie Threesome with no. uh, uh, one of the Baldwin brothers that was in Biodome? This is nice, right? I, I love this song. She was an Australian artist. Oh, what was the name of the other song? This was one of those songs that they would play on Q101. Yeah. And it would just be like, they didn't know how to play it because they'd play all these alternative rock songs and then this would come on because people liked it, but it was like, how yeah. do you transition? This was a 120 show? minutes hit. Yeah. yeah, this is a good one. I liked it. Yeah. And the original version is fantastic, but this is taught I me mean, talk about like putting your own stamp on yeah, a song. Yeah, for sure. I like the original, but um yeah, this is their version. I like what they did. And this is kind of like one of those things again where I would give an example to artists. I'm like, you need to take a cover, make it your own, yeah. and get people in. Once you get them in, give them your give them your original stuff. Now the the thing is, especially with songs, uh do you you don't want to be the band who your first song was a cover. You That's don't. tough because I was reading some stuff about new metal 
and Limp Biscuit and Fred Durst was like, I don't want our fucking because there's there. I think if your first song is a cover, there's always an asterisk by your name unless you just blow it out after that. Well, here's the thing. Uh, yes and no. I think it's it's a proven. I don't know if David Gevin came up with this idea, but it's just it's just something that works. Like look at UB40 was an artist that was around forever, right? They were this fake reggae band. Yeah, what were they? What was UB40? Garbage. Cultural appropriation. Yeah. At its best. But then what but they, then they did, got on all these soundtracks. They did Labor of Love, Labor of Love 2, which is basically them doing reggae versions of cover songs. They did Red Red Wine, which yep. is a Neil Diamond song. Can't Help Falling in Love off the Sliver soundtrack. Elvis Presley. Blow everything out of the water. They They got their name on and then they got to tour based on that and hey man it's it's a it's a good version and it, it got them on the charts just like cake did i will survive and nobody knew they sucked at that time right but or that it was like such culture but if you believe in yourself and you uh and you uh have good songs to back it up it gets you f- your foot in the door you know if you're not related to someone in the music industry that's a good way to get in the door. It was that was a, that was a proven method to work to get people to listen to you. And now I wonder it still works. The if we could get like a, a a stat a statistician in here as far as bands whose first song was a one hit wonder. I mean, what first song was after, a cover. Right. How many became one hit wonders? Well, here's the thing. Now it's different because there's an algorithm. So if you're on Spotify or the Coffee House for Sirius or whatever. People would go and be like, okay, I like this version of You Somebody by by Who's This Guy, Jeff Goldford. Then they'd go discover the artist. And on Spotify, they do the same thing. They're like, oh, if you like Jason Mraz, you're going to like this. So there is that new effort. There's a new thing that 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 is working into it. And I don't know how those things work with the algorithm, but it, it does work. But I think back in the day, um, it was it was just something people did. It was a cover and got you, got your foot in the door. Yep. And that's what, that's all it takes. And a lot of it too is just, uh, you know, some of these bands might've just been like the label being like, you, you're doing this, right? you're doing this. And that, and that's holds true with my next artist. But let me tell you this. Um, another thing to think about is look, all these artists were in cover. They were covering bands for years before they did their sure. own shit. Or they might've played it in shows and been like, yo, when we play this song, it People go tears the house yeah. down. And the thing is, is that's a decision you have to make as an artist. So like, look, are we going to be a cover band? Or are we going to be our own band? So as somebody who's been in bands, let me ask you this. I'm going to pose this question to you. You could either cover a song and have like the song of the summer. Mm-hmm. You're the song of the summer. It's like 1998 when that okay. mattered, when there was sure. songs of the summer. Yeah. Or you can do your own and it's like, it's it's a really good song. Not everyone's going to hear it, but the people who do hear it are like, "Wow!" Top hundred? Does it make the top hundred? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it charts. I would do the own. I would go with my own. Okay, interesting. Yeah. What would you do? Yeah, I would do my own. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, a creativity thing. But here's the thing: I won't shit on people that do covers as long as they no, do no, no, a good there's version no, of it. And and I I will say this: the more the more that I studied music and learned about music and became an Before insider. Before became an insider, right. Um, and, and especially, too, with... It's interesting where I, because of, like, listening to... I don't know. I feel like... It, but there was covers in punk, but, like, I just felt like there was this thing of, like, well, if you didn't write it, what are you performing it for? I don't right. know why I got caught up on that. I must have heard somebody say it one time. Not Dickie Barrett, but somebody else <laughs> say, like, it's a cover. It's not you. But yeah, after watching, like, the Ken Burns country music documentary, reading a lot of books and stuff. Like people were like, I heard that song and I was like, I have to do that song on my album because it's just that good. Well, here's the thing. People say that about some of their favorite artists, but guess what? A lot of your favorite song, so-called singer songwriters probably have someone writing their music with them or for them. Sure. And so I don't see a problem with it, especially look at the country world that you're in. Uh, (laughs) That those, an are, those are all those are all uh written by a, a group of maybe music like row. 20 yeah yeah 20 people in music row that wrote all those songs look at kenny rogers i mean i think what here's what i think and here's where i think be, having someone else write your song's got a, a, a icky feeling to it 
was the boy bands and the the, right. the pop princesses of the uh, late nineties. It was too. It became too uh, commercial. It and felt manufactured. manufactured. Right. And where, whereas, like, if somebody's just like, "Hey, I I dig playing," you know, bizarre love triangle, and we do it really well, we're gonna play it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's people that wrote songs for people like mm-hmm. they wrote them in mind like i i used to write songs for my band but they were written for someone else to sing yeah and another another cool thing about covers uh and i felt like i feel like if i was um you know if i was a musician if we're playing pretend and i'm a musician if i did any covers it would be songs that like you and i share that i'm like how is this not the biggest yeah. hit in the world that's to me the those are cuts. like those deeper cuts or just like the average you know they're not as mainstream as like you know because i'm sure you have you you know you you could do a um you know a buffalo tom song that yeah. most people wouldn't know but if you were you know if you're big shit mcgee and you play that people are going to be like oh wow what is this song well here let me let me tell you this what we would do was play those songs that we really like i was really into the band vulgar bowman and buffalo tom that's a good example you use and the people who knew Vulgar Boatman, knew the band, knew that we were covering it, but the people that didn't know were like, that's a cool song. And we wouldn't necessarily tell them that it was a cover. Eric Church has a song called Mr. Mister Misunderstood, which is basically like uh, an ode to Wilco. It's not a cover, but it's not not a cover. It's real interesting. It's close enough. Yeah. Well, here's another thing, too, to think about. What about all those people that um, you would play these these deep cuts and you only know about that song or that artist because of the cover. Mm-hmm. People didn't know Velvet Underground. Sure. They knew only the cover version. And I and we used to cover Forever in Blue Jeans by Neil Diamond, and people didn't know it was a cover. Look at some of those Nirvana covers, where or like when they did Unplugged or yeah. whatever, and then all of a sudden it's like these bands they Man were Who covering. Sold the World. Yeah, right. Or, you know, or, um, all of a sudden yeah. they're just like, whoa, people are really digging our music or whatever. I saw the movie uh, Perks of a, a Wallflower recently. Perks of being a Wallflower. For, yeah. Great movie, by the way. Uh, surprisingly good. And uh, the whole movie revolves around them finding this song, uh, Heroes. I don't know if I can, oh, fuck it. I'm going to spoil it. And it's a David Bowie song. Yeah. But- no one knew that that was that was a song unless you're like a heroes wasn't a big hit for David Bowie. Wallflowers covered it later. Oh, that's right. I was like, who covered that song? Yeah, the Wallflowers. But I didn't know it was a David Bowie song until I heard the Wallflowers version. Yeah. So there's something. To I don't know about why that. when I, when the Wallflowers came out and they're like, I was like, that guy kind of looks like Bob Dylan, and they're like, yeah, his name's Jacob Dylan, and I thought because of wrestling that this motherfucker just named himself Jacob Dylan, <laughs> and he was like trying to cash in on Bob Dylan's fame. I don't know why I thought that when I was a kid. I have amazing Jacob Dylan stories, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I have, uh, I've met him. Oh, yeah. You told me these. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before. I think a little bit. Okay. So go back and listen to that. But yeah, I met him two separate occasions and he remembered the How conversation you- because it was so inside. I told him my name in my band was Fat Albert with a PH. And at the time in 1996, he's like, oh, that's a cool, I won't remember, forget a name like that run into him later. Yeah, Paul from Fat Albert. Wasted at a bar, Mandalay Bay in Vegas. And uh, I said, hey, I don't know if you remember, we had a conversation. He's like, yeah. And I go, I was in a cover band. He goes, Fat Albert. He goes, with a PH. Oh, fuck. I was Pretty like, cool. holy shit. How, how do you- A lot of drugs were used that night. Sure. I would like, I would hope so. <laughs> how do you think he, uh, this is a dick question. How do you think he feels about his career? I think he, I think he, I relate. I think that's a really hard position for someone Dude, like your him. Your dad's Bob Dylan. Like, what do you think is going to happen? But he made his own path, man. Yeah. He really did. And uh, Wallflowers were a hit. And he now he's doing other stuff too. And uh, I think he he uh, he held his own, man. I, yeah. I I feel for people who I kind of think like if you are Jacob Dylan, you got a couple hits with the Wallflowers. You're doing cool more than stuff. a couple hits. More than a couple. You're doing cool stuff, and you haven't gone like crazy. Yeah. And, and now he's doing like uh, he did like a play or something, something crazy too. I saw him on on news. But look, look, man, being a kid of uh, I I always relate to someone who has a, a father who's very successful and, and living in that. You know, my dad was very successful or is a very successful person, and I relate to that shit. You know, it's hard. Um, I always feel bad for the Trump kids because I'm like, they're just. I mean, it's got to be hard, fucking. Why would deal with their dad? Uh, what's that? What's the deal with their dad? <laughs> He's crazy. But let me ask you a question you brought up, uh, and I think the the tape heads will want to know. If you were in a band, Marty, mm-hmm. I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, I love it. Lay it on me. 
what instrument are you playing? So I didn't even, I as a non-musician, I never thought that it was hard to sing and play the guitar at the same time. I never really thought about that. It's not that bad. How about playing drums and singing at the same time? That's hard. Because again, I watching watching too. this uh, Eagles documentary. Don Henley, yeah. Don Henley would play drums, and but there were some songs he would come out, and there was a guy, which is wild to me that I'm watching this and I'm thinking, how much is this guy getting paid to tour with the Eagles to just play maybe three songs every night? Oh, because he'd go up yeah. front. Yeah, um, that's the same thing Phil Collins had to do with Genesis too. They had to put him in front when Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Um, so you want to so be I singing say, no matter what. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm singing, singing, singing and guitar. Singing and guitar. Yeah. Okay. Not lead. No, I'm not lead guitar. All right. Follow up question. So you're, are you, you're the lead person yeah. in this band? Yeah. The Marty the, DeRosa band. Marty DeRosa yeah, band. Yeah. That's Marty the name DeRosa of the band. band. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's the Marty DeRosa <laughs> band. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Or Marty and the somethings. Yeah. Marty, Marty the millennials. The, Marty and the millennials. Marty and the bo- <laughs> no. Marty and the boomers. No, I'd probably like to throw a little wrestling in there. I don't know. It's a Marty yeah. and the and the, what's the what Marty the takedowns? Marty no, and the- like um, you know, if we're gonna do an M, I'm thinking of of a maybe like a, a wrestling <laughs> maneuver or something like that. That's what I think. It's gotta be a maneuver. Uh, Marty like Marty and the mandible claws or like it uh, should be singular though. I think it'd be cool. It'd be like in the yeah, that's true. Like head in the heart. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. So you're playing guitar. Are you are you going to be? What kind of music is this? The, this this Marty Rosa band. Oh man. I mean, I guess like we're gonna. I think we'll go with the under the umbrella of Americana. Okay. So we can do straight up rock and what roll. What kind of guitar also, are you playing? Uh, it's got a little steel to it. You know, it's got a, a little bit of steel. <laughs> not to acoustic. It. It's not right. acoustic. No. no, it's got a little steel to it. But right. it's it's not a it's not it's not a, a strictly electric guitar. But it's not not. And I'm not gonna do the double. Hey, are well, you American? Let me ask yeah. you this. Now that you're now that open I got neck a, Telecaster. Now that I got a musician I know you're and play. I got the orange uh, amplifiers. I like that. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm going to ask you this question because, again, I watched this Eagles documentary. Am I an asshole if I come out with a guitar with two fucking double? Two, double? Am I an asshole? That's uh, that's crazy. Yeah. I think uh, unless Tell your me name why is Jimmy or Tell me Paige. why I need this. Uh, you know, there's a there's a 12 string guitar okay. on one one neck and then okay. there's the or if you have different tunings. But OK, the, typically, is it necessary? It uh, I've actually played one once okay. and uh, it is a lot of fun. But it's a it's so, a gimmicky thing. I mean, it's, and again, going back to you're not going to play the whole night. No, but again, you're, if you if you've got that, you've also got your roadies that are bringing you guitar after guitar. What is that all about? Because again, I watch this Eagles documentary. These motherfuckers are getting guitar handoffs during every other song. What's going on? Um, so there's different tunings and there's different sounds that you need from guitars. Um, certain guitars go out of tune pretty quickly, and you have like jamming. the best of the best roadies who are it's tuned pitch perfect um yeah i mean obviously tunes go out especially when you're playing in bigger theaters there's going to be a lot of uh um so it's not just a flex it is necessary it it is a flex it's 100% a flex flex, right it's a flex um it depends on so when you watch a concert if they're switching from like acoustic electric that's not a flex because i feel like if i was doing um if i was doing um uh, I'm trying to find the guitar that you would use. What's the fucking uh, oh god the the fucking music mockumentary Sto- uh, Spinal Stonehead. Tap. Spinal Tap. If I'm doing Spinal Tap, one of my best bits, or one of my best bits. I've already called it my best bit. One of my bits <laughs> that I would do is as I'm playing, I've I've got a fucking maybe I've got twenty people bringing me guitars throughout the song, and yeah. I, every during one song. during one song, yeah. and I'm just like, okay, take this. Okay, give me the other one. Okay, right, take this, and it's just like a nonstop. Just a parade of people bringing me new guitars. One of the uh, one more ridiculous than the next. So one of my goals during the quarantine was to write a bit using my guitar on stage, and I've gotten a couple. Um, one was actually I did it. I did a guitar show. I did a show with a guitar once. I don't know if you were there. It was like a Monday at Laugh Factory. I got there. I felt like I got there. It was at the end or something. Jonah, our, our dear friend Jonah Jurgens was hosting, and. Uh, he shit on it way more. You might than- be going, why hasn't Jonah been on the show? Because his taste in music is <laughs> is it garbage, <laughs> garbage. But he and I talked about it afterwards because him and I are we're good friends. But on stage, we that's one of those examples we talked about in the other episode where it's like 
he tries to shit on me. And yeah. I'm just, I'm a likable guy. Buddy, they don't it, know. It never works. It never works. He tries works. to do it to me too. And I, I always want to say it never works. I told that to Tim McLaughlin once and he tried to, I go, I go, don't do it. It's going to, you're going to have a rough night because I'm really likable. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and he, and he was like, how did that happen? I go, I don't know. I just, yeah. people like feel sorry it's for me. It's so fun how the crowd is just like, no, we like that person. Yeah. But I did, uh, I did the bit, but one of my, one of my jokes involves something about caring. And Jonah was the one that was like, I want to be there when you try it. I'm like, I don't know if you're being serious or if you're fucking with me. But anyway, I found the guitar that you're talking about. I think you're talking about an open hollow, uh, uh, hollow body uh, guitar. I call it a rich guy 5,000. <laughs> this is more what I picture you with. Oh, this is an Ibanez version. Um, okay, so this is one that Buffalo Springfield. Oh, I'm talking about the double, the double fucking yeah, you're not donger t- that the can't. Eagles used. Yeah. Well, this is my guitar that I'm playing on stage. This is, you're gonna because you're hey, an Americana hey, band. Hey. Also, I don't mean to, I don't mean to brag, but I got the fucking harmonica thing on my neck too, just in case. <laughs> well, you guys play a couple. Just songs in case, I play a couple harmonica too. We're an Americana. Yeah, band. yeah. Um, you know, okay. I lied and told people I played the harmonica one time at this like big <laughs> function, right? Did I ever tell you that story? No. Oh shit. Uh, I I. Uh, it was a it was a religious function. That's the guitar. Yeah, that's it. You knew exactly what I was I talking about. I know exactly about. what you're talking about. It's you know uh, who plays a guitar like that? The guy from Cake. The lead, yes. the lead guitarist yes, of Cake. He that's does. got that sound to yes. it. Yeah. It's that sound. Uh, good call. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. This one's a He's, Carlo Rebelli. For whatever reason. guitar hollow. For whatever reason, I identify that guitar with the guy from Cake. That's a very good and and uh, Roy Orbison has a similar yeah. one too. But okay, so what so, were you saying? So you told people uh, there might have been a church function where it's like, does anybody have anything interesting? It was like a, a, a what do they call those things? A retreat or something? I don't know. But it was like, does anybody have anything interesting about them that they would like to share? And I had went to Cracker Barrel with my family and I bought like a five dollar harmonica <laughs> and I was just like. I'm pretty good at the harmonica. And they were like, oh, would you play it for us? And I'm like, sure. And I had it in my pocket and I played just bullshit. And like people were like, were like, hey, yeah. pretty good. I, I mean, I'm sure it was dog shit. And if anybody who ever played harmonica would be like, if John Popper was in the back, he'd be like, hey, uh, I don't know if I want to spoil this guy's fucking fun, but he does not know what he's doing at all. I, uh, I did a similar thing where there was a piano on stage at a, a college gig and uh I was headlining it in the three comics before. I go, hey, whatever you do, there was only 12 people in the crowd. I go, whatever you do, just don't do any crowd work. Oh, you fucker. You well, asshole. Because there's only 12 of them. And I go, just leave me something. And I had to do, they had to do five to 10 minutes. It was one of those things where it was like. They or you? They did. I had to do 50. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So yeah, like, hey, yeah. I'll, I'll allow it. I'm going to allow it. Just do your material. It got to the point where the, the kitchen was next to them. They brought in the servers to be like, yeah. can come in here. Anyway, to watch you 50 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 50 minutes. I, and then, uh, the guy who booked it, I go, Hey man, there's only 12 people here. Yeah. Can I, he goes, you got, you just got to do your time. You got to do it. You got to do and it. There's a piano in there. So my last 20 minutes was like, okay, I haven't played piano in a while. I just kept asking for their top song sure. they wanted to hear. And I wrote them out. And then at the end, like I just goes, yeah, I don't really play. I, I did like one chord. And yeah. That's it. Now in comedy, we call those, uh, Hell Mr. gigs. Yeah. It, we hell call gigs. them hell gigs because yeah. it's a, it's it's just like hell. But my next song is just like heaven. <laughs> Dennis R. Jr. covering the cure, just like heaven. <laughs> wonder too like what the bands think of the cover like do they sign off on the cover are the bands are like cool there has to be bands that are like motherfucker 
like, I, you know, maybe George Michael was like, dude, what the fuck are you guys doing to my song, Faith? And, and Frederick's like, that's what we do. But uh, ironically enough for this song, uh, in interviews, Robert Smith has been asked about it. And he's like, I fucking love this cover so much that this cover has changed the way we play this song live. Oh, they wow. play, They basically dude, cover this cover live. That's fucking awesome. I saw the Cure Lollapalooza, and uh, I was supposed to see him, and it got canceled. I think I was going to see the Cure and Weezer at the Allstate, <sighs> and then I, I, it got postponed. And then the girl I was dating who had the tickets was like, "You're not going." And I was like, oh, "Okay, thanks." And so I never got to see it. But this is a fucking such a cool. Cover. Jay Maskus. I made sure it was last because it was my favorite of all. Yeah, Jay Maskus is pretty phenomenal. I'm, uh, I'm a is big. Is he a fan. musical genius? Well, he's a great guitarist. I don't. His he's here's a guy. He's like worshipped in Japan. Well, you were talking about how people saw the, the singer Cake. They're like, I could sing. He's another guy whose his voice is just not that great, but he just makes it work. He knows his he limitations. Like knows how to perform, though, yeah. man. Like, and I'm okay One with the that. best guitar. I mean, we've had we've talked about Jay Maskus before on the podcast. Where, but like something about him, every but like he's an amazing guitarist. Like, uh, and I, yeah, I'm I'm cool. And that was the thing too. When I again, I gotta keep talking about this Eagles documentary. But like, they were talking about people in the band. They're like, wait, like uh, they're like, um, uh, Joe Walsh. They're like, well, he wasn't the best. Joe Walsh, music. that's the there third was, one. He yeah. wasn't the best singer, but he brought like something to the band that made it like better. You know, he's a role player. Joe Walsh was the Rodman. He's a role player of yeah. the uh, of the uh, of the um, Eagles. Well, that's the thing. The thing about Jay Maskus is, here's what I'll say. Um, the thing about him is there's two types of guitarists. There's technically great guitarists who are fast with their fingers or can just play anything you want. And then there's a creative, those creative guitarists who I, I would categorize um, people like James Eha and like Billy Corgan or- Whoa, 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 whoa. You're comparing- Eha and Corgan together because if you talk to Corgan, Eha ain't got the goods, baby. <laughs> well, anyway, those are creative types that they might not have like the technicality. Did you like of, the solo album? Which one, James Eha? I never listened to it. You got to be strong now. No. I bought it at Borders, Highland, you, you Indiana. Paid money for I it? paid money for it. So um, not happy. No I'm kidding. But James Eha is one, or not James Eha. Jay Maskus is one of those guys who has both. The, he has those technical abilities, but he has a creativity side yeah. too, where he he has like innovative things. Where you you listen to certain songs, he's like, "How did he come up with Dude. it?" You know. And then there's people like Van Halen See, who are just or uh, technically so savvy. Like I love. I don't know, man. Like if you kind of like whether it's music or like who, what kind of comedian you want to be? Like the dinosaur junior of comedy or like the dinosaur junior of music. That's pretty fucking cool i think if when you create uh you can walk mar- down the street no one's gonna go oh my god it's fucking paul like they just but like the people who know are like oh fuck yeah it's paul yeah it's like a uh, yeah it's a it's a similar thing when you start your band marty de rosa and the suplex no marty uh <laughs> let's see uh marty de rosa and the uh the um and the headlock no it's got to be m i feel like you know because it be? it's just got it's how it always is you know what i mean that's why I said mandible claws earlier, but I would love to fucking. Uh... How about Marty Marty Rosa and the double team? What do you think about Marty Rosa and the mass superstars? Not bad. Not, Not bad. bad. Not bad. I used to come up with band names. That was like my one favorite thing to do. And uh, I'm trying to look up the ones that I did. That oh, you had band names? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I had wanted to do. So I used to think about if I was in a punk band, what I would call my band back in the day. And it had to be wrestling related. So like, uh, even though I'm not from Boston, I think the the Boston Crab is a great wrestling move. So I thought the Boston Crabs would be a great punk name for a band from Boston. Yeah, that's good. It's pretty good. I always did. I would when I wanted to. If I was going to go play again, I was going to be in the Millennials. It'd be yeah. calling the Millennials or Primo Cousin. I like mm-hmm. that name for some reason. The band names that I had that didn't make the cut. Fuck yeah, let me hit Clay Media. I huh, like that name. Okay. And my sounds, like an all, sounds like a, a conservative, uh, like uh, <laughs> jars of mogul. clay. <laughs> yeah, it's like clay. It's just like it was like a play on chlamydia. And uh, oh, okay. Um, let's see. Uncle Pecos was one that we briefly called it. That it was that the, was when you go through your Uncle Tupelo phase. No, it was Uncle Pecos was the the Tom and Jerry episode where he's like crumble. Okay, hey, he was that was his name, Uncle Pecos. Okay, I like cartoons and. Uh, one of ours was uh, uh, if had we had a group, we would have called ourselves. So Sean Michael's real name, his real name is Michael Sean Hickenbotten, and we would have called ourselves Hickenbotten. Well, that's a good name. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, 
I would be satisfied with that. Yeah. Speaking of being satisfied. Oh, shit. See what I did there? Caught you off guard. Is this a cover of Unsatisfied? <laughs> no, my last <sighs> song, which we... One of my favorite artists of all time is Jeff Buckley. And uh, one of his most popular covers is Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. It's been in movies. Yes. People think that he did it. And then when he go died, back. they think he committed suicide singing it. What's that? People say that he was, oh. there's a, a urban, an urban legend that he, he was singing that suicide. song when he committed suicide. No, that's, but you've heard that though, right? Yeah. And yeah. actually the, the author of the recent book is, has said he was going to come on the show. So Get the, the, the one that here. absolutely, I talked to him, uh, he wrote an unauthorized version. He was the manager for Jeff Buckley for years. It's a great book. Um, but anyway, it's called uh, Jeff Buckley did definitely did not sing Hallelujah when he died. Yeah, no, that's I. Um, anyway, but what people don't know is a lot of the songs he did, and you and I talked about this before, where um, the studio Columbia was like, go back. They followed him at Live at Chennai, and then they um, he was doing all these covers of like Bob Dylan songs and and all that stuff. You go back, he has a he did a Van Morrison covers. Um, anyway. The one that I like the most of his, other than Hallelujah, is he has a version of Satisfied, Satisfied Mind. He has it on a couple different albums, and it's phenomenal. And um, I, I don't know. That's all I got to say about it. Why don't we just play it? clearing there i thought that was you for a second no, that's from the that's this is from sketches the posthumous release of uh did you say posthumous or posthumous <laughs> i think you said posthumous i think i said yeah wow. that's fine hey, you leave got it in. leave it in leave it in leave it in uh this is from sketches probably one of this is something he was obviously sketching so he was, out he was he had passed away when this came out he passed away Fuck. his mom released it just like sublime baby what I this got. is after this. Uh, these are all the album was all sketches of stuff he was working on, and this is one of them. It was obviously these are the scratch vocals, the vocals before yeah. the real ones. Okay, and I just scratch love this. vocals. That's just what kind they're of a called in the biz. How many times have you heard someone say? Another. And I think he did that purposely so people remember that. Oh, okay. Like, so he either would remember it's a sketch. I would do things but can you believe this? Like, this guy's yeah. fucking sc- scratch vocals are better than 99% of anything wow. that Fred Durst ever did. The book is called From Hallelujah to the Last Goodbye by Dave Laurie. Very good book came out last year. Talks about everything. Jeff Buckley, if you're a Buckley fan. Have you heard this version? No. Do you know? That no, was the first time I. So I had to go back, and there's so many covers of Satisfied Mind, but this song. No, this song, I, I don't. It doesn't. Uh, didn't. Porter Wagner is the original writer Whoa. of this song. Country artist. Interesting. Yeah, when I watched that Heart, Heart Worn Highways, uh, a couple of the artists that weren't in it were like in the recording studio, and they were just. They were like quarterbacks. Like remember, like Peyton Manning used to be like, "You go over there, you go over there," Da-da-da. and you were like, "Wow, this guy's like in control." And like I love, the, I love the leader that. of the yeah. And That's... then and then just being like, "Oh, okay, well, you know what? Let's pick it up for the time." And just like it was so like I don't know why in my dumb brain I just think they're like, "All right, and let's start." Like it was so wild where he's like, <laughs> he was the leader. Of Cut the that team. out. Just put this in. Here we go. And and like it was just like. You'll edit it out. You'll figure it out. You'll chop it up. If I give it to you and you've got this big, long tape of us doing this, you'll figure it out. So if you were the leader of uh, Mario Rosa and the chokeout? Uh, no. I that's just, how you would be? Hold on a second. I got to figure this out here. And the guillotine choke? 
Hold on, hold on. Guillotine. Koji Guillotine. Clutch. Guillotine. Oh, Koji Clutch. That's a yeah, dude. Wow. Just the band Koji. I'm. I'm on. That's a band. Wikipedia. Koji Clutch. No, I think oh, that's what that, your band oh, name. Oh, you're doing. Give me something with an M. What's? <laughs> give me something with an M. You're doing wrestling. I was like, oh shit. How do you know about Koji Clutch? Cobra Clutch. No. I don't think it needs. What about something with a D? Just DeRosa and the Marty DeRosa and the Dastardly Heels and the DDT Marty DeRosa and the Dastardly Heels. That's what it's called. That's the band. <laughs> Marty DeRosa and the Dastardly Heels. Marty DeRosa and the Muscle Buster. Nah. Matt? Ooh, and the Muscle Busters. Matt Slap. No. Matt Slap. No. I can't think of anything right now. Hey, what are you gonna do? I'm drunk. <laughs> Is this the drunkest you've been doing this podcast? Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> this is the drunkest I've been during the quarantine. Oh, my God. I was, I mean, I sent you that picture of me. I don't know why I think it's so funny to send people <laughs> pictures of me fucked up. It is funny. I love it. It is funny. And it is fun. Yeah. But yeah, Jeff Buckley, king of the world in my book. Uh, where, would Jeff, where would Jeff Buckley be right now? How would he be right now? <sighs> Man, he was, he Columbia his, House like, was. I think he'd be in his 50s. 50s. Okay. So he's born 60s. I bet he'd still look like a babe. Yeah, he's still a hot dude. He'd be one of those dudes. He uh, he would have been a catalog artist. He would have been putting shit out regularly, and uh, it would be a voice that would change a lot of music for sure, because he would yeah. definitely he would definitely uh, bring something to the table every couple of years, and probably be producing other people, too. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah I think I... Because he seemed like uh, he was... Like fame, fame, and all that shit wasn't like his no. top priority. He was a perfectionist. If you listen to sketches, which I highly recommend, I know everyone has Grace, which is a great album, but you can go see where the directions he was taking his music. And uh, there's so many releases that were unauthorized. Uh, his mom just wanted everything out there. Yeah. Um, was his dad a good artist? His dad was Tim Buckley. He only met him once, and uh, he was one of those. He was kind of like a Bob Dylan. A peer that okay. just didn't make, you know, okay. he died too soon as well. Kind of crazy. They both died really young. <sighs> but speaking of dying, we're we're out of time. Yeah, we did another episode. We did, it. We did two episodes. Good job. Of hey, good job. Those were good songs. Yeah, these were great songs. Yours also, other than the Supernaut song. I, I liked all the other ones. Disagree. I, really, I think the I think the tape heads are going to go. Ah, that was a hidden gem. Thank well, you very much, Marty, for bringing that to the. Uh, you know what? Tape heads. It's up to you to tell us who's right or who's wrong. Who's a uh, what songs did you agree with on? Uh, and let us know your uh, top cover songs. I, I just, I don't know, man. There's something about cover songs that I think are just so good and so cool. I agree. And uh, it's a, it's an art that needs to be respected more. Not the bands that are like cover bands per se. Yeah. Cause they've kind of destroyed live music in a lot of ways. Uh, sorry. I know I rep- I represent a few of you guys, Damn, but what are all these cover band artists doing right now that these cover band guys who no do festivals, bar shows, yeah. no, or bar, I'm talking about like your bar cover artist or your, your, uh, pot belly yeah sandwich uh, they'll be back soon well we'll have festivals yeah. soon probably what do you think's the number one covered song uh for like a, a bar band it was pretty cool sweet Watching home alabama the, uh, yeah no wagon wheel no i gotta think it's like current times like oh what are um, they playing at them what are they playing the most man i haven't been to a bar with wonderwall a- Wonderwalls, no, it's too soft. In the uh, in the country mu- in the uh, Ken Burns country music documentary, Garth Brooks was basically just in a cover band for the longest time, and he's like, "I played more Alabama songs than Alabama," <laughs> which is because he played like every fucking Alabama night. was the shit. And he's back like, then. "I played more Alabama songs than Alabama." Yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, I think it goes in spurts. You know, in the '90s, you can like go to a bar without hearing Babylon by David Gray, or late '90s, early 2000s. It just goes in spurts. Taylor Swift is probably one. It's probably mostly played. Yeah, maybe. when I was playing, we were cover, a lot of people were covering "Since You've Been Gone" and stuff like that. Um, hey, I mean, I, I, we talked about it on the podcast uh, with the uh, the sense the guilty pleasures episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that Ted Leo doing a cover of "Since You've Been Gone." He threw yeah. a little maps in there. Yeah, we did. Uh, we Brett and Paul, my my cover band, we two covered L's. "Since You've Been Paul Gone." With two L's. Yeah. Brit PH PH Paul. We did uh shows at the Pontiac Cafe as yeah. a duo, um, I, which I is now comedy there. Did they do comedy there? Yeah, maybe back. It became in the day. Big Star. It's now Big now Star it's and Big Damon. Star, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, had, you're right. No, you know they had bingo there. That was it. Bingo, yeah, trunk bingo, and they yeah. had uh, live band karaoke started yeah. there. My bud Chad Briggs used to host uh, bingo there. Chad yeah. Briggs, yeah. There was uh, Bud Eckert is the owner of that place, good friend of mine, and he had awesome cars all the time parked out in front. Rest in peace, uh, Pontiac Cafe. Yep. Well, Paul, that's the uh, the end of the episode. Yes. Thanks uh, to all the tape heads for listening. Yeah. Thanks so much uh, for this. Is a good idea, Marty. Yeah. This is your idea, and it was. Uh, it was very hard. But I'm glad we did it. We'll probably have volume two soon. If you got ideas for what we should uh, cover, please email us. Paul Marty. You know, Mix. we could do worst cover songs. You'd mentioned that. <laughs> you you thought of that after the quarantine. After, we got to be positive. You, no, you said worst. Didn't you throw that out there? Worst cover songs. I don't think so. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, we could do that. I guess we could. And uh, um, we'll leave you with one of the worst cover songs. Is that where? Is that what oh, was I time. supposed to be setting no, you up? No, no, no. Was I just I, thought was, about was it. Was I supposed to say yes? Andy I thought there? about it. I thought I no because I remembered we. I somehow we talked about worst cover songs, and then I looked down at my phone and I saw what I had queued up, and I go, "We can talk about worst cover songs." But you know what? This to me is like one of the best worst cover songs. This is a Troll Two's cover song of like <laughs> it's so bad it's good. This is a The Room uh cover song um, we're gonna leave you with a little bit uh you'll know what it is i don't want to spoil it for you uh paul let everyone know how they can get in touch with us paul marty makes at gmail.com check us out on instagram do you know what it is yet faith bye is this the fred durst version oh, I guess it would be nice. yeah all right everybody thanks for listening to make us a mixtape i've been marty that's paul you know him from Fat Albert, the best lawyer who's under 40 years old in a land of 40 lawyers. Uh, we'll be back a little more sober, and uh, who knows? Who knows what Kurt Loder-esque documentary, Week in Rock, Year in Rock, Ultrasound we'll be covering. Enjoy your quarantine. Have a drink. Play some cover songs. Get loud, make your neighbors bang on the wall and say, come on, man, turn Faith down. It's You've been playing it all morning. And now I'll let Fred take it. Don't go change it. That's my favorite part of the song. Get the fuck up.